The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at Common Ground, M-I-N-N, CommonGroundMinnesota.com. I'm, I'm on with the My Talk Chicks, and we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish. I'm selling my microphone, so... Well, welcome to the Weekly Dish. Yes! (laughs) I was going to text you, coming in hot, coming in hot. There was a cardinal out in the tree, and I had to sit and look at it and go, hello, cardinal. Oh, did you? Good. Good morning, everybody. Happy (laughs) Weekly Dish. I know, I'm so excited to be here. Do you need to... Do you need a minute? No, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. I'm almost too ready. Are you? I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm. Okay. Because I am going on vacation today, too. Oh, right. I forget. Right. (laughs) And uh, if you're one of those people that wants to send me a text about how irresponsible I am, I'm just warning you, please don't. I'm getting in my van today. You're driving? I'm driving in my van that has a shower and a bed and a refrigerator and all the stuff that we bought two years ago in the mad panic. It's hard to, was it two years ago that we bought it? Uh, no. I don't even know. A year ago, maybe? It was maybe? a year ago. Oh, yeah. Pre-pandemic, or right pandemic, in oh, pandemic. Oh, oh, you're talking about your van. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, the panic buying was a year ago. We haven't been doing this for two. A lot of panicking. A lot of things. No, we, uh, yeah, it was a year ago. Well, you had the... Maybe it was last September. You had... Because I had the fun van. Yeah, and the then you The van that up. we rehabbed, and then it fell apart in Chicago, or in Colorado, yeah. and we had to decide... Is the van adventure done and do we fly home or do we get another van and we decided to get a van? Yes, so you did. it was really fun. Kurt got it. We have it parked up in Lionel Lake somewhere and he brought it into the driveway and I was like, oh, the van. And I have like my blankie in there and I have my Tibetan prayer flags. I have my spices in the spice drawer. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was very excited. And today, my six month old niece, who is the first stop, actually second stop on my adventure, Held her bottle by herself. Oh, so I'm like, I got to get you've there. You got to get down that there. Well, this is actually better because before this, they're just blobs. You know what yeah. I mean? At least she has some sort she of. She has personality. Function. She does not like yeah. carrots, but she does like sweet potatoes. See? This is you just need to wait. I think this yeah. is a good idea. Well, and of course, you know, this has been this is their one year anniversary of that show, and I sort of feel like I don't know, like I don't want to call it that show, but it was that show. It was that show. It was it was a remarkable show in that we. 
did not really know. You and I had had glints and we had both done a teeny tiny little prepare shop before. And then we had Mike Brown on the show a year ago at this weekend. And he said, I'm not going to open. I'm not going to open my restaurant. His grand opening. Yeah. I'm not going to open this $6 million space that I just, I don't know if it was six, but you know that I just built because it's not going to work. Things are not going to go how we think. And that was the first moment that, and then I was telling, uh, I went to go the to the Clover this week to see Tyg and Steven and um, Hesse. And I basically said, you guys, you know, this was like, this is what was my last served meal was at Pajarito Edina when it, and then, and then you never opened never either. Opened. Yeah. And it was just sort of like one of those moments where that was it. And I remember feeling like, and I, and we both laughed because Tyg had been standing at our table and then he kind of backed up and he didn't know what to do. And I had a hand sanitizer bottle on the table <laughs> and they were all like, we all didn't know, like, should I be, what, where's the, how do I, you know? Yeah. But it's, it was, that was it. And then, and then, then everything. And then I remember afterwards, I realized as I was watching everybody and hearing everybody and getting texts from restaurateurs, like it's going to go down. Yeah. And then like Gavin Kaysen said, I'm shutting my places and then, and Kim and then everybody. And then the governor came out and said, we're going to shut it all down. But I remember driving up to get a pizza from Pig Ate My Pizza because I felt so bad. Yeah, because Mike Brown was basically crying yes. on the air. Yes, and yep. I was like, I'm going to get one pizza from you to go home with and sit on my couch and just freak out. So that's where we are. So and I did say that I wanted to put on, I put on the Facebook page, I wanted to make sure that we had room to sort of air this kind of stuff and let it out. So I did the question on the Facebook page this morning, you guys, it's a weird one year anniversary. What's the standout memory or feeling you remember having last year on this weekend? And there's a lot of stuff like, wow, my last dinner was at Bar La Grassa or, yep. you know, dinner at Cheesecake Factory. You know, it was like this whole idea of these, everyone goes, that was it. And then it was like, the world changed. And where, like, the world is going to look different and yet the same. And like, someone was like, oh, my last meal was birch steak. And I was like, oh, RIP. And that's done. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. Like, yeah. think about that. That's a weird, that's a weird moment. And I think... You know, not necessarily that that's not the case for, you know, I'm always like, that's life. You know, like there's, we could have done this conversation two years ago and it would have been the same thing in terms of a place you remembered is now closed. But the idea that it closed not because necessarily of its own fault. And Surly Beer. Like, I was like, Surly the Billy back. I, I suspect, but right now they're not. I will say that First Avenue announced that Ween is going to be playing in August at Surly Festival Field. Yeah. And I work, that's for me, well, for you too, because you're restaurant facing work, but I'm not restaurant facing work. So people forget about, I'm kind of in the business, events. but I'm sort of on the side, mm-hmm. yet I'm doing all this event stuff. And we're still, I mean, we're getting more guidance every day, but there's still like, you know, yeah. State Fair, Stone Arch Festival, Uptown Art Fair, like a lot of these bigger festivals, Irish Fair, that we're still, we're we're all planning, we're all saying we're all it's thinking. happening, but well, I know Pride isn't happening in the same way because no. it was too late for them to kind of to get it together, get it moving. So they'll do some other stuff, and everything will be a little different this year, regardless. I did talk to Charlie Burroughs, who is, you know, he's got Lulu's at the fair, and he said to me, and we've interviewed him on mm-hmm. our podcast on a stick. And he said, I said, are you planning? He's like, well, he's like, we're all talking together. Yeah, I know Nordic Waffles is, so is um, Giggles. Yeah, and they're planning. They are planning to have something. And they're planning and they're hoping that it'll be full strength at the Minnesota State Fair this year. I don't know how that'll look. You know, I guess we're going to watch and see what the Twins are going to do because we basically saw that Twins get to have fans in the stadium. 
And that's big. So I guess we're going to watch that and Minnesota see how it goes. Minnesota United, too. Yep. We Fest has been announced. Yeah. We're working on that. Now, along with that, let's caveat the fact that this is also causing a lot of panic in people. And I, I want to respect that. I want to respect the fact that there are a lot of people who say this is too soon and it's too quick. And it's, you know, and it's it's reckless and everything else. And we're opening too soon. And I'm not I'm not here to tell you, like, what to do, you know, kind of. Although that's what we do. But I'm going to tell you to get vaccinated. I'm just yeah. going to say it. Well, I know if you're scared. Too. When you have an opportunity to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Yeah, I know if you're scared or you feel like it's too soon. And I'm not a doctor. But a lot of this technology that they're using that allowed them to start this vaccine so early, there was a great 60 minutes about it that I'd encourage you to watch with oh. the doctors that invented it, okay. a husband and wife. However, this technology of gene targeting and attaching to your cell and fighting directly has been going on with cancer for over 10 years. Right. And that's how they were able to get this vaccine moving so quickly. Right. And you guys, we could cure cancer if we had put enough money, enough minds to it. And that's what happened. An entire world is shut down until we find a vaccine. Everything shifted to finding this vaccine and making sure it worked. Now, we're still, it's not 100%. It might be 100% preventing death, but there are going to be people that are still going to get coronavirus. It's probably going to be with us for a long time. But you can really help yourself by getting vaccinated. Even if you're scared, if you don't believe it, think about your family that, you know, maybe do it for them if you can't do it for yourself. Right. But do it. Right. And I would say that... I don't, you know, if it's going to take you a little time to kind of get socially back into the world. Oh, let's talk about that. Well, I'm that's, that's, I was freaked talking, out about that. I was talking with my kid last night and I don't have that social anxiety. I do. And so I'm like, let's go. I am that person. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I don't Kurt have was like, any problems. Uh, yeah, my life didn't really change that much because I'm kind of an introvert and I just stay home anyway. And I you're think the one the who's out and about. Are, panicking about having to feel like they have to get oh, back Oh, I am there. like, when is my first dinner party yeah. and how many people can I have? Oh, I'm planning Jake's graduation party. Yes, you know what and I mean? Ellie's graduating from college. Yeah. So, <sighs> I know, lots of things. But I do respect it. I do respect understanding that people have these, you know, there's a lot of emotional baggage and th- thickness that we have to get through and i think this weekend is a weirdly triggering weekend for a lot of people yeah and i do i do want to respect that but i also do hope that we all commit to not sticking ourselves in that you know just to really like doing the work to move onward i'm gonna wear my mask yeah but i tell you what when i get to florida i am gonna sit outside and find somewhere that i can eat seafood yeah and i'm gonna sit outside in that baking sun and probably weep yeah yeah I mean, that's okay. And we have a good show. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, we got a good show planned. We'll get updated on the restaurant regulations because I know we had a lot of feels there. Yeah, Um, we'll talk about those in a second. Yeah, and we're going to talk about St. Patrick's Day and other things on the Weekly Dish presented by (gasps) Maker's Mark, Margie, who developed the Red Wax label, and also (laughs) Hornitos. Maker's Mark, Margie. You have to give her a little more respect than that. Okay, we'll be back. (laughs) I hate it when people talk about working with the real estate agent you can trust. Of course you should work with someone you can trust. The issue is, how do you find those people? And you find them by talking to friends and coworkers and hearing about their experiences. I decided to work with Carrie and Sue from Lakes Area Realty because I knew Carrie Augst is a super hard worker and a straight shooter. I knew Sue Durfee is a super agent with tons of experience in the market. And I liked that they had a large network of people to call on when we needed to get our house staged and cleaned and painted. 
they had people that could help us get all of these things accomplished. And we were all on the same page about what needed to get done to maximize what I could make on my home sale. I used Carrie and Sue Stager, and she took videos of every room in my house with helpful suggestions of ways to prepare my home for a sale. Many buyers and sellers are getting multiple offers, and Carrie and Sue have experience in getting the deal done without necessarily just being the highest offer. Call Carrie Augst and Sue Durfee and ask for the Weekly Dish Hot Dish special offer only for Weekly Dish listeners. Connect with them at CarrieAndSue.com at Lakes Area Realty. We are the Weekly Dish and we are back. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. And you know what tomorrow is? Or Yeah, it's tomorrow. You know what tomorrow is? No. Tomorrow is Pi Day. Okay. And Pi Day in... In the before times was a big deal because hot hands pie and Heather's pies, everybody would have deals. Well, and it's still a big deal. What do you mean? In the bef- like, it's not like it's just the before times. I'm not a math person. So, so you di- you're not a nerd. So you did not just, feel. I was like, I know the symbol of pie and I know it's a math thing. 3.1415. Yeah. That's about Nine, as far as I something. get with it. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's like what here's the here's what I kind of came down to with it. Honestly, I kind of came down to the fact that. um we talk about pies always around Thanksgiving and it's always a certain kind of pie. Think about it. Right. We, pumpkin, we talk about pumpkin. Pecan. We talk about pecan. We talk about, you know, what kind of pies you're going to make. We you usually know. talk about apple pie in the fall. I usually make an apple pie around yeah. September, October. So then where are, where's the room for the Lemon spring pies? Pie. We talk about rhubarb pie. Yum. Oh, but, I'd like to talk about that forever. I know. And so that's what I felt like in a weird way that like the pie day in the spring, we never, we talk about, yeah, we talk about cobblers and we talk about those, you know, stone fruit pies in the summertime. Yep. Fall is apple. So what's spring? What's a spring lemon pie? Lemon meringue. Day? It's a lemon meringue. Or lemon curd. A lemon yeah. Curd we pie. were just talking about this because Dolores would always make a lemon meringue pie for Easter and Easter, you know, April-ish. And in Nebraska, it was always cherry blossoms and there would be actual yeah. flowers. Do you, here's the question for you. Is there a Minnesota pie in your mind? Rhubarb. It's rhubarb, you 100%. think? 100%. Wow. Just without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, rhubarb. Wow. Every, yeah, because rhubarb is a cold weather crop. People here grow rhubarb, have rhubarb. I think rhubarb is so polarizing, though. That's the hard part about it. I think rhubarb is polarizing if people haven't had a good one. Because <laughs> if you like cook with it, it re- it's runny. It's watery. It requires some stuff. Well, it's... It's not necessarily but like if you've had a rhubarb custard pie that your grandma made and that flaky, buttery, sugary, crystallized tart, but sweet. Oh, yum. Yeah. Um, I think that that's interesting. You say that. I think the Instagrammers have completely started to own that rhubarb, like the topping, yes. the grids and like the pie, which, the as work. you know, I don't buy that. Yeah, because that would be really, I think, woody and tough and right. a weird way to eat it in a pie. Right. It's not edible that way. It's just pretty. pretty. And I'm I'm here for you if that's you're pretty and that's the point of your pie. Great. But here's the thing. I was trying to find somebody asked me that. Somebody said, Well, what's the Minnesota pie? And I didn't you know, you guys know that I'm not like the hugest rhubarb fan. Could be a blueberry. But and then no, because of the blueberry muffin, right? Well, we have wild blueberries, up right? North. But I mean, like that's that's still not the pie that is like as far as the internet is concerned. Here's the one that is the, what they call the Minnesota pie. Like when they do like fifty states, fifty pies. What is it? <laughs> it's it's banana be so... cream pie. I thought about that actually. Did you really? I did. I did. Okay. And in fact, 
there'll be a recipe for that in my cookbook because my niece likes the banana cream and she would make a banana cream pie up at the cabin. Well, so, and the thing that kind of, when I kept seeing it, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? But knowing, bananas knowing, are year round. Well, and- no, 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 they're not. But I mean, like, think about it. When we're talking about, like, state pies, Michigan is cherries is cherry pie because of the cherries. It's about the crops. What's it's about Wisconsin? the food. Wisconsin is like Cranberry? a fudge bottom pie, which is oh. like a traditional thing that was like an Amish Okay. You know what I mean? Like there's a, or it's like a sugary, whatever. But here's the deal. Bananas might not scream upper Midwest. This is a quote, but first recorded banana cream pie recipe was published in Minneapolis in 1880. That's cool. And it's right around the time bananas were first imported into the U.S. And we are, you know, in the middle of the dairy belt. So it, you know, it's like we are a dairy loving area. That's cool. And so we took this sort of new fruit and we said, Hey, let's, let's put this in a pie. And so that's banana cream pie is kind of a Minnesota, a Minneapolis thing. Isn't okay. that strange? Yes. I find that so odd. Yes, it is odd. And I don't know if I'm 100% buying it, but okay. I mean, the facts are that the first recorded, you yeah, know, that's is, cool. 1880. That's a thing. 1880. So yep. that means to me that somebody, you know, and if you think about, we have a baking culture, we have a very strong baking culture. And when something new comes, does it say where? Because you can get to the ocean from Lake Superior. So where was it? Come, we're at where bananas coming up on the. Well, they were just imported the into the and, U.S. for the first time. Into yeah. the U.S. for the first uh-huh. time. So like, yeah. and so the first recorded. Not again. This is one of those things where like maybe they had been coming in and people were making them and not knowing, and then you know someone put it down on paper, and that's I think with that pier because we had the flour. You know, yeah. we were always baking and we have such a huge you know thing with that but the other people the banana cream pie thing weird is weird to me do you think of when you have banana cream pie do you think of it or when you make it is it like that bananas are in there or is it like blended up so it's like creamy there's a layer of cream yeah and or of custard yeah and then the banana layer goes on top of that and then whipped cream on top of that it's a three layer thing so but you have whole banana slices yes okay in the middle Okay. Isn't that how everybody does it? Yeah. Uh, someone was trying to tell me, this is another thing. Someone asked me about, you know, this and they said, um, they're looking for like, almost like I, what I think is like a vanilla puddingy pie, but they're like, they're like thinking of it as in like the bananas are blended into the cream. I think some people do do that to like flavor. And I think that's more of like a banana pudding cream pie. versus. Yeah, and the one with vanilla wafers kind of does that. Does it? Have yeah. You, do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. It's yeah. Like the vanilla wafers form a crust and it's not necessarily a bottom, but you can no. also do it layered in like a nine by 13 pan. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like an Atlantic beach pie that so, is the salted saltine crust. So I've never made banana cream pie. Never. And it's good. I think that I'm going to do it for tomorrow for yeah. Jake because he's kind of, he's been like wanting banana ice cream and all that stuff. But I think I'm going to do the Atlantic beach crust. I think it's fantastic. I think I'm going to do the, you know, cause what we do with that, you guys is saltines. And Go you on just, my website. Cause yeah. I wrote a recipe last spring and it was a good recipe. Okay. And there's, it's also in the New York times. If you want to get like, you know, sort of a little bit of the history of the Atlantic beach pie stuff, it's really interesting that context, but it's the idea of taking saltines and crushing them up, mixing them with butter and baking that as your pie crust. And I like the idea of, to me, banana cream pie is a little too sweet. And so if you have something a little salty. It was delicious. That's the difference. You know, you are the one, I think, who told me. I am. That I needed to put, like, that nobody puts enough butter in. So mm-hmm. my recipe, I added Good. a lot more than a traditional recipe. Yeah. 
So if you're going to make it, because nobody, you were the one who told me, right. you put more butter in than more they butter. say. Because I made it that first time. I first saw it. It's Bill, somebody's recipe on, you know, whether it was New York Times or whatever. But, and I made it one time and it was like, that wasn't enough butter. Yeah. And then I made it the second time and it was great. And then you said you had the same issues. So, yep. but that's that. I mean, like, that's what I think is so great about that. But um, I think it's weird. Do you have a, like, as far as cream pies go? That's one of those things like we grew up as Minnesotans and we sort of have this like cream pie idea and other people in other states go, what? Like, what? Well, French onion or not French onion, French (laughs) silk. (laughs) You just took me to a whole other place with that. But speaking of savory pies, I just was reading this article and maybe it was in Cook's Illustrated where it's a pie, but the inside is potato slices well yeah so they, it's let's like a savory gratin covered with a pie top and a pie bottom well that doesn't sound bad no i'm all about savory pie, pot pies are pies yes you know i mean and i think about it you know the first pies everything pies are a vessel like that's a baking vessel that's like a plate basically how it used to be and the first pies were actually called coffins did you know that yes that they were basically the savory meat pies with the crust and everything everything was sealed so that it was a preserving thing so that you didn't you know you'd make it and then it could sit there for and not get you know kill your people but anyway that's what i love about i i mean like to me that's a great thing about pie day and of course we have so many great there's tons of great events going on around town tomorrow in sales so go get some pie from local makers if you don't make one yourself there you go you guys we'll be right back this is the weekly dish on my talk 1071. Hello, Weekly Dishers. Spring is sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Such a Okay, so we've covered Pie Day. Can we move into the Irish soda bread territory? Let's do it. It's a it's a big weekend. There's a lot of things. Yes. And okay, so I did a segment and I kind of laughed at myself. I did a segment. Uh, Jace was gone last week and I did a segment with Kendall and Shaney about Irish soda bread. And originally I started making Irish soda bread because I was terrified of baking. And I'm not an exact, precise cooker. And baking is like, you know, Zoe has a scale and everything is very like precise. And my husband is a good bread baker. So I just never felt the need to do that because whenever it came time to make bread, he was always like, yeah, I'll just make a couple baguettes. No problem. So I, I made soda bread for the first time when Ellie was little. And I remember just like, ah, like this idea that you could use salt 
and flour and a little bit of sugar. And you'd still do the butter thing either with a pastry knife or I just get in there with my hands and break up into the little pea size. And then you just add some buttermilk. Yeah. And kind of stir it all together and then get it with a little flour, like pat, 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 knead it, pat, 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 knead it till it like kind of comes together and it's not a wet mass. Yeah. And then you put it in like a cast iron skillet or a cast iron or a Dutch oven, whatever you got, greased, and then cut a little slash in the top and put it in the oven at 375 for 40 minutes and you have bread. Like it's not the same, but it's toasty. Like it's totally toast worthy, jam worthy, Kerrygold butter worthy, serving with a stew, serving with a soup. And like the most humble way to express it because it really comes together very quickly. And if you're like a fan, if you're cooking for kids and a family, yeah, like, yum, mom made fresh bread. Like, sure. I just remembered feeling like I was such a success as a mom when I made this loaf of bread and I hadn't made it for a while. So I was thinking about St. Patrick's Day. I'm not a huge corned beef person. I've done the, you know, buy the corned beef and the corning and all of that. I think we've talked about this. The pink I'm sure salt. we have. We've been on the air for 13 years yeah. together. At some yeah, point, we've made corned beef. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, meh. So this idea for me of what is St. Patrick's Day, for me, it's more like the Irish soda bread. Sure. And I'm not Irish, but I look Irish. I used to work at the Heartthrob, and I would open beers on the big St. Patrick's Day festival, and we would take all the furniture out of the nightclub and the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was a massive (coughs) amount of people in there, body to body. I would stand at a beer trough and just open beers in a bikini. I think one day I made like $400. It was crazy. For sure. For sure. Yeah, so that's my, like, St. Patrick's Day was always, like, the giant drunk fest, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, is. <laughs> Continues to be. Hasn't changed. No different. Um, so I did do a little bit of a feature on places that have corned beef and cabbage. And it's different, right? Because the Liffey. It's gone. Gone. Uh, Kara's. Gone. Gone. Um. I oh um um Kieran's yeah well I mean that's the not Kara Irish pubs yeah the local the Liffey and Kieran's that's right not open. so those were oh, Donovan's like, in downtown Minneapolis not open it is opening well yeah but it's not it's open. not open today no but it's it not is. open for it's not open on St Patrick's Day it's gonna open in April yeah but yeah so I looked up like who has the good Irish food in town and there was nobody that had been like the people that we might have gone to in the past. There's a few. Yeah, there are a few. Oh, okay. And I was glad that I found some of the ones that are out there. So do you want to talk about yeah, who I found? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, have you been to Merlin's Rest? Um a thousand times. Those guys are the nicest people yes. in the world. I know. Um so they have let me just see Oh, they have the best, you guys, as far as whiskey goes, their whiskey selection. And I've always talked about it. The whiskey Bible behind the bar. If you want to learn about, you know, whiskeys from around the world, they are they they and Brits are the place to go. The largest selection of Irish whiskeys in the state of Minnesota, apparently. Yeah. Um, they had some really delicious food items, too, that I thought they had the traditional corned beef and cabbage. But they also had a. Um, and you've probably had this, a uh, Connemara single malt Irish whiskey bacon jam that goes on a burger Oh, with a cheese ale sauce. Sure. Yum. You know I'm not a huge fan of jam on my burger. <laughs> I just get your... I didn't know that. Really? No. Get your sweet jams <laughs> off my burgers. Give me all the whiskey ale cheese that you want. That is so funny. Get your jam off my burger. Get it off. Get it off. 
um, Morrissey's Irish Pub in Uptown. Are they open? Yep. And they've got the corned beef and cabbage, but they also have a corned beef sandwich that had pickled onions. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of a pickled onions. Good. And corned beef hash, of course. Good. Um, I think Emmett's. Have you been to Emmett's Public House in St. Paul? Mm -hmm. They do a good job. And they've got a big corned beef, Brussels sprout, bacon dinner. Okay. With mashed potatoes and the gravy. But is this all like dining in and taking out? Yes. Oh, it's both? Yes. Okay. Yes. And they've also got a um, corned beef slider that has a jalapeno cheese, a Jameson mustard sauce, Thousand Island. So that sounded good. Good. And Shamrocks. Shamrocks is great bar food. I just it's love not, Shamrocks. It's not Irish. <laughs> but they have Irish fries, Stephanie. No, I know. Delicious waffle fries yeah. with corned beef, sauerkraut, and Swiss cheese. No, that dude, sounds I am, amazing. Uh, and Reuben rolls? Hello. Yes. I am there for the Reuben rolls. Let's be clear. I just think it's lightly Irish. <laughs> well, and they have pot of gold wings. Dude, their wings are the best. You know I've said it. Yes. I love them. So that made me laugh. Patrick McGovern's is uh, usually somewhere that you think of for St. Patrick's Day. They actually have something that I thought was really good. And then two people went and got it and sent me pictures. And I can attest that it was good. What was it? It's the Irish mac and cheese. And they make a a cheese sauce with Guinness. Oh, And then it has like buttery breadcrumbs on the top. And it has a Jamelli noodle, which is kind of a a longer noodle that has a little well in it for the sauce to attach. And uh-huh. people sent me like, this was the best thing ever. They, two people went that day to get it. Oh, my gosh. Halftime um, Rec is open. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, they're I love open. the halftime rack. Yeah, they're going to be open all day. So it's just, you know, they're doing like, they're open at 9 a.m. and they are going to have breakfast, you know, which if that's a Guinness for you, that's a Guinness. And, you know, they're doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and this is kind of important. I think Finnegan's is open. They're opening their tap room for St. Patrick's Day. And I think that's kind of, um, you know, because they support... Um, you know, hunger relief. Every time you buy a beer there, you're supporting hunger relief. So, and there is so much need for hunger yeah. relief. So, in I think Twin that's cities. always important. <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, you want to talk about the uh, the soda bread? I for, do. T- from Kieran's. Yeah. And it, so, what it is is Bakersfield flour and bread is baking Irish soda breads and a beer soda bread, and it's based on Kieran's apparently family recipes. Because that's what I was going to tell you is that like I. I went and grabbed it. I went last weekend and grabbed a loaf of it, and it is delicious. And to the point of like, oh, <laughs> it's very different. It is like because like, it's oh, brown bread. That's what this is supposed to be. Yeah, and that's what I wanted. I want that. I don't want to mess with mine <laughs> because I think I, you know what I mean. Like every time you get soda bread, and you're like, eh, this is fine. It's not a big deal. This stuff is really delicious. And for me, what I'm going to do on St. Patrick's Day is I'm taking that soda bread and I am going to slice it. Is it brown soda bread? Yeah, it's brown the brown okay. soda bread. And then I'm going to put on, um, I am going to put on Irish cheddar and I'm going to make toasties with like corned beef and Irish, Irish cheddar toasties. toasties sound good. I know. Uh, you can get this bread at the food building in Northeast or you can get it at Irish on Grand and it's $6 for a loaf of brown bread. It's very beautiful. It's so beautiful. And then what you do is you pay your six bucks and then they put $2 back into the Irish Fun Festival for Irish Fair. Yeah. And there's a lot of great Irish folks in town. And if that's a tradition for you that you like to see and you'd like to support, go ahead and do that. And if you're not going out for uh, St. Patrick's Day, which is, I mean... You, Regardless of pandemic, I don't usually go out for, you know, St. Patrick's Day. Just, I usually go to the parade. Just because it's too much, right? Yeah. But I will tell you that you can pick up Finnegan's. If you get some Finnegan's beer, you can pick it up at the tap room. You know, they have curbside pickup, but you can also find it at liquor stores, too. And then you're supporting, you know, that kind of stuff, too, as well. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, Is yeah. the parade on? No. 
Okay. No. Someone said there was a some sort of parade. There might be the renegade people that do things anyway type folks. Yeah. A lot of those are in St. Paul. They plan their own grand old days. They do their <laughs> own things. So, you know, there's always those people out there. That's true. Okay, because I had, I had wondered. Somebody said, oh, we'll be open for the parade. And I was like, there's no way there's a parade. There's probably is. The renegades. You know who you are. <sighs> okay. Um I will tell you this also. This was a this. I got two texts and I t- I answered one of them about uh, whether or not you can um, whether looking for the curing salt, the pink curing salt, mm-hmm. and where you get that if you want to do your own corned beef, if mm-hmm. you have your own brisket and or whatever, and you want to do it. And I my biggest thing is that you just need to call your local butcher. I know you don't have local butchers, most people, but Von Hansen's Village Meats, you know Clancy's Lowry Hill. Lowry Hill. I don't know, you know, it's going to be more of like Everett's and the old school. The old yep. school kids. They call them and Feelings. ask them. Call them and ask them for pink salt. And the pink salt is what you need for curing. And some people will sell you like one of their packets. You know, some people will give you part of their you know thing. But it's it's the pink salt that makes the corned beef. Big news over at the Hanson Johnson household. We did join Costco last weekend. Mm-hmm. For all of you that have been telling me it's so much better than Sam's Club over the years, and neither of which I love to support, but occasionally you got to buy something in bulk. It was like, fine, but not like, ah, Costco. I think it's just better quality, honestly. I didn't feel like that at all. Really? And I thought the meat prices were like the same, if not. I think their standards of uh, quality, their actual standards of quality are different. Okay. And so that's where, like, they don't take, you know what I mean? Like, they're very f- out there about, like, what's going to make their cut and what's not. And I have found that I like Costco better, but I don't I don't okay. even shop Costco anymore. Well, they got their corned beef and their little can of spices and or packet of spice that goes with it and all that stuff if you need it. Yeah. It was fine. I'm just like, okay. No, you I can find that Costco. at Lund's Barley's and Kowalski's too, like on a smaller scale too. You know, I don't know how big you bought. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't buy it, but I saw it. Oh, okay. I bought meat. I, I, I bought beef, lamb. Yeah. I just bought a bunch of meat and froze it. That's because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I do. <laughs> Never eat it fresh when I buy it. No, God Just freeze it. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, friends, thanks for the lady who called in and told us that there is a parade in St. Paul, but I'm going to just go on record and say it's different. It is a drive through St. Patrick's Day celebration. So I think I was correct in asserting that it's different and it's not the same as everybody lined up, but here's what it is. Uh, Irish spirits will be on display. There will be stations, including Miss Shamrock and Mr. Pat, Irish dignitaries, grand marshals, local parade sponsors, as well as Irish entertainment to include dancers, bagpipers. So it is driving by. You're driving by. You're driving by and you're going to be waving at the uh, O'Donovans and the Clanahans and the. What are the other Irish names? I was going to say the McCluskeys, but that's not. is 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 that Scottish? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, know, uh, but yes, so you'll be able to wave. So good. That'll be fun. (laughs) And won't you be happy when you don't have to like have a virtual tasting? The car thing I think will still happen because like... The drive through things? Yeah, because Seavers in the the winter for holiday lights, people like the drive-in. That's different. But not during summertime. No, I'm 100% in my car. Fine. In the wintertime, great. Like I don't... That's wonderful. But... I don't want to have to drive through. Yeah. And I'm overeating in my car more than anything else. I'm really over that. I really am overeating in my car too. I'm just done with takeout. 
Uh, if you, <laughs> this is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. 651. 641-1071 is our phone number to call us if you want to comment on anything we've talked about or ask any questions. Um, I was going to ask you something, and now I can't remember. So. Should we talk quickly about restaurant regulations now? Yes, Okay, please. let's do that. So here's what happened on Friday, which was kind of a big announcement. Obviously, the Gov kind of went online or went on the air and told everybody that he was loosening up and turning the dial and things are opening and feeling good about vaccination results and everything else. And so... He announced that the restaurants could move restaurants and bars could move to 75% capacity as long as they were still the 6 foot distancing rule um and then you had to still have your 6 uh people as a maximum per table but they have opened the bar seating up so that four people can now sit together at the bar instead of just two again 6 foot is still the rule um and the 11 p.m. is still the curfew for all of this so that's kind of how that hit the restaurant industry. And of course, everyone, you know, lots of people were like, woohoo. But really, when you think about it, it was sort of one of these things where I was trying to report it very, you know, cleanly. And there was a lot of people who were like, this is too soon. And this is, I'm, we're, this is too hard. And I'm like, it's not going to change anything. It's not that different. It's not that different. Most places can't six no. foot distance no. at any much more of a volume. No. The only thing that affects us are those huge places that have been sort of keeping smaller capacities, you know, but now they can, you know, open up more areas and do that kind of stuff, I think. But it's uh, like if you think about like, you know, Hyacinth, <laughs> which is like, yeah. you know, you can only with six foot difference, you can only get so many tables in. Most people have taken out their tables. And so to get that six foot, it's not like they can add that in and create, you know, add more people right. because there's just not enough space for that. So it doesn't really affect the restaurant industry that much as other than those big places. And then also it rolls. What that is, is it's just rolling more. You know, it's rolling toward 100 so. percent. Yep. Yes. So there we go. So that's that. I know that there are a lot of questions about weddings and like big venues and things like that. And that is, there's a lot of weird little things like that. And I would really encourage you to go look at the uh, govern, you know, the website because they really sort of strict out because that is happening on Monday. The bars and the restaurants get affected. And then April 1st, basically, we're talking larger venues, that kind of stuff starts opening in different ways. And of course, you know, we know that like stadiums and that's really stadiums and halls is what we're talking about. But we still don't have guidance on outdoor large events. Really? No. But there was a something about you can uh, have more, but it, not for like big public events. No. Okay. It's still ticketed things. It's still outdoor ticketed things or outdoor seated things. I feel like that was... L- Okay. And that would be where State Fair falls. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, the twins were allowed to start. But that's ticketed. Yeah, that's ticketed. Oh, yep. State Fair's ticketed. Except it's not ticketed with a seat. Okay. that's it. They make that delineation in yes. it? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I hadn't looked that far into it's where the you're going to end up sitting or being. Okay. I will clarify, too, that the restaurant capacity still stayed at 250. Yeah, so you can't go though, above 250. So that still changed for the bigger places. Yeah. You know, they're kind of the same. And I and I think we're still going to be wearing masks for some time, just as a precaution. I think in lots of areas, we do have some calls. You oh, ready? Let's do it, uh, Judith. We've got an instant pot question. I think. Hi, Judith. Hi there. You inspired me to buy an instant pot, so I'm very happy about that. I did it when the pandemic started, and I love it. But you're supposed to be able to take off not the little one that has the plastic inside, but the one that has all the holes all the way around, so you can put the top in your dishwasher. And I can't figure out how to do it. I've had other people try it, too. 
Do you have any tips? To do, I'm sorry, to take the ring out? or No, she's No, talking. not the ring. They say that you should take those two little um, pop-up things. Well, one of them is a pop-up and the other one isn't. Okay. Oh, the valve. I, I clean those rarely, but when I do, I just take the silicone binder off of the pop-up release and I just rinse it. Well, that I've got. It's the other one. So, um, let me just clarify. There are two seals. There's the big seal that goes on the yep. outside. Yep. And then yep. there's a little silicone ring that goes on the pop-up. Well, mine isn't silicone. Now it's metal. Uh, oh, yeah, that one. No, that one I can get off, but it's the one next to it. You don't need one. to get that off. I don't know who's telling you you need to get that off, but you don't. Oh, just rinse you. it. That's all I need to know. But you can't then put it in your dishwasher, evidently. Yeah, you can put it in your dishwasher. No, right. Thank you. That's all I wanted to know. Thanks so much, dude. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Katie is on the line. Hi, Kate. Kate, Katie. Hi. This is, yeah, that's me, Kate. Um, I got a question you had mentioned like um, a month ago about getting some salsa with cilantro in it, and it was like boss, boss. Oh, boss. It's a boss, boss. Uh, Hang on. It's a Somali woman that makes it in town. Um, Bossa, bossa. Babasa, that's what it's called. Babasa. Okay. And, and where do you get it? You can get it at Kowalski's, I think. Um, I will find out for you. Okay. So keep listening, and when we come back from the break, I'll have a list for you. Okay, thank you Yes, very much. and it is so delicious. Um, okay, so I've put my top to my Instant Pod in the dishwasher. Um, Am I not supposed to? Because I have. I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I've never done it. And that um, like metal basket that she's talking about, I've just run water right through there. Just yeah, to I just out. rinse it out that way. I guess yep. I've run, I don't know things that, uh, I don't know. Barbara Lyons, you know, our, our Instant Pot guru on the Weekly Dish Instant Potters page. She says, pry the thingies off with a knife. And she says, you do not need to, you do need to take it off once in a while to clean it. Oh, well, okay, Barbara, thank you for being the expert here. I know, because I don't, and she's got multiple pots and all the rest. I just don't, um, I just don't, you know, I I guess I don't, I I used the Instant Pot to make potatoes, and I got really frustrated because it took so long to come up to pressure because of the water that I basically could have boiled those babies. You can cook uh, mashed potatoes with one cup of water. You don't have to do it the same as, like, in your big pot. Uh, everybody I was saying was saying cover the mashed pot- cover you don't the have potatoes. To. You don't think so? No, you don't have to. I thought that was weird. Yeah, because you're just you're using it's not the boiling. pressure to steam Yeah, them. it's right. like if it's coming up to that much, and I haven't made mashed potatoes in there in forever, so I wasn't even, you know, thinking. Yes. Uh, huh. I have a recipe coming up in second hour that I use the Instant Pot, so okay. we can talk more about that. Here's a question that came up. Uh, Stephanie, the new Clover restaurant in Rosemount uh, is open, but it has a service charge of 4%, and it says it's for a COVID fee. Yeah. Are you seeing that a lot? Yes. Uh, it might to be it. a good topic for your discussion. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's all over town. It's They're not new. They're not They're not doing anything. If you guys haven't noticed it, maybe it's because you're taking out and you're not looking at all the things, but basically everybody is doing that because I will tell you the cost for PPE for personal protection, like masks and everything else is more than what they're, you know, it's, it's a massive amount of cost. And so they're just trying to be honest and they're trying to say, Hey, we're paying for safe stuff and they're going to share a piece of that with you. Okay. So instead of just putting it on your beer charge. All right. There you go. We'll be back. Okay.